0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Hanson. Thurley Ruxton by Philip viral Miguel's Chapter 32. A Baited Trap. The wonderful weather broke. THE DAYS HAD BEEN LIKE JEWELS OF A ROSARY, AND WERE COUNTED TO THE CROSS. GREY SKIES, A BITTER WIND, AND A SNOW THAT TURNED TO RAIN AND SLEET MARKED THE FIRST OF THE WINTER'S FOOTSTEPS, TREADING NORTH. BEHIND THIS DESOLATING BLEAKNESS THERE WERE SCORES OF JEWEL DAYS TO COME, GRANTING FORGETFULNESS OF ALL BUT SUNSHINE, YET ALL THE WORLD SEEMED AN ENDLESS, dreariness in face of this attack. There had been another of the crowded days and nights for Alice and Princess Thurley, with another session at the opera and supper afterward made more than merely interesting by redoubled efforts on the part of Thurley's undiscouraged admirers to alter a royal romance— more flowers had come, more letters, more declarations, and even a sparkling gem of poetry from tireless Algie Dearborn. Saturday morning, pinching and acrid with dirty remnants of snow still clinging in the shadows and protected spots where the wind had hurled the flakes, brought about two incidents of exceptional significance in the fates of all concerned with Princess Thoroughly. At ten o'clock a giant liner in from Liverpool landed for of the pick of Germany's and Herzegotha's secret service officers, who were met by Baron von Hotchhaus. They had followed him as swiftly as possible, and, without delay, were placed in charge of several men engaged by the Baron himself, and began at once the search for the truant young woman whom Thurley so closely resembled. The Duke had already been found, and was kept in sight and guarded day and night. The Baron also made an effort to protect thoroughly from the lawless creatures known to be upon her trail. The second incident appeared to be far less pretentious. It was simply the arrival of a letter for Thurley sent through the Major's office in the well-known calligraphy of Edith Steck it bore no sign of forgery. On the contrary, it convinced the princess instantly that her cousin had written every word and written in anguish and alarm. Dear Lady Bountiful, you will never forgive me, I know, for what I have found myself obliged to do and for being once ill. I am back in New York, as you will notice from the date and address above, Don't be angry with me, please, for I was simply obliged to come. I was robbed in Lakewood, robbed of every penny I had in the world, all that you and your beautiful friend provided. I hardly even know how it happened, simply that it was taken from my room while I was absent, and that, despite the efforts of all the hotel officials, nothing could be found of the thief or my funds. I had done quite well for several days, but was feeling a slight relapse to my former complaint when this occurred. A kind and generous woman here gave me money to return to New York, and I have come to the old address for shelter, knowing of no other where I would be even slightly welcome. I am ashamed to write you such a confession— and should have tried to creep back to my old quarters and work and conceal the facts, were I not so ill and incapable of giving any sort of promise of rent to the woman here who has once more received me under her roof. I do not ask you to come, but I felt I must at least acquaint you with these melancholy facts. It seems so needless for the world to be filled with women such as I. God bless you for all you have done is the prayer of your grateful Edith a more clever adaptation of words phrases and characteristics called from a bright and cheerful letter could scarcely be imagined it was Edith throughout as thoroughly instantly conceded a great gush of sympathy affection and compassion surged to her heart in such bitter cold as this for edith to be housed in the wretched old hovel where thurley had found her before was insupportable and for edith so to blame herself and apologize for being overtaken by calamity was poignantly affecting IT WAS LIKE HER, LIKE HER SELF-DENYING WAYS, TO ATTEMPT THIS RETURN TO NEW YORK AND WORK, INSTEAD OF INFORMING ANY ONE OF HER PLIGHT BEFORE SHE LEFT THE WARMTH AND COMFORT OF HER PLACE AMONG THE PINES. Oh, i I'LL SCOLD HER FOR THAT, SAID THURLEY TO HERSELF, TREATING ME AS IF I WERE AN OGRESS WHEN ALL THE POOR DEAR HAD TO DO WAS LET ME KNOW OF HER TROUBLE. SHE'S GOT TO GO BACK AT ONCE. She went to Alice immediately and gave her the letter. Alice was horrified. "'Merciful heavens,' she said, "'what awful things happened to the poor. "'Why couldn't some rich old woman have sustained this wretched loss? "'Why couldn't they come and rob me, for instance, instead of a girl like that? "'We'll send James down at once. "'To drive me?' "'Of course, if you wish to,' Thurley answered. "'But I went before in the cars, and I'd just as soon do so again. "'In fact, to arrive there in a carriage, "'it's hardly the thing that Edith's cousin would do.' "'Very well,' said Alice, "'if you must go, child. "'A morning like this you may let James drive you somewhere near "'and wait to drive you home.' Uh, "'Perhaps that might be better,' Thoroughly agreed.' I'd like to take a few things anyway, just a few flowers and things, and I wish I had an oil stove. Her room must be colder than a barn a day like this, but perhaps I can send her one in. But she mustn't be there long, said Alice. Send her right back to Lakewood to day if she's well enough to go. Poor dear. She deserves it now if she didn't before. Thurley was feverishly eager for the start she changed her dress while alice was phoning for the carriage in a wild stinging sleet once more hurled upon the city she was presently driven away with a promise to return by one o'clock the ride was long and cold but thoroughly was warmed by the tender emotions of her being and her indignation at the unknown thieves who had brought about edith's discomfort she alighted at last a block from the house she had visited before and trudged sturdily down the slippery walk entirely unprotected from the storm so filled were her arms with bundles the place seemed forsaken and forbidding its windows curtained its aspect one of chill and dreariness thoroughly shivered for edith as she mounted the steps and rang the bell after waiting a time that seemed very long she rang again and a faint sound of stirring within renewed her confidence that her cousin would soon be discovered then the door was opened and a little old woman blocked the way miss steck said thoroughly i came to see miss steck is she in Uh, may i go right up Third floor, rear, rasped the housekeeper shortly, and turned at once to disappear in the darkened hall below. Breathlessly, thoroughly stumbled up the dimly lighted stairs, coming all rosy and panting, to the door she remembered as having been Edith's before. Not a soul had she seen, not a sound had she heard in all the ghostly place it had never occurred to her mind to be daunted or to hesitate a moment on her way. She waited a moment only to catch an easier breath, then knocked on the soiled, disfigured panel of the barrier. "'Come in,' said a weak, half-muffled voice, and thoroughly, overburdened with her flowers, fruits, and comforts, entered impetuously. Instantly— Something heavy, blinding, and pungent, with a stifling odor, was thrown about her head. She dropped her bundles, obeying an instinct to fight for air, and struggled in a blanket held roughly round and over her face, while her arms were pinioned to her sides. Edith, she called, or tried to call, more and more stifled and fast, succumbing to some dizzying, engulfing lethargy. She felt a sense of being closely surrounded by and gripped in the jaws of countless wolves before blackness descended upon her. Her last sensation was of the room turned hideously ebon, crushed in upon her walls and ceiling, and then she knew no more. A large automobile with a limousine body closely curtained had driven up to the curb outside and halted there. Five minutes later three wrapped figures, supporting between them what appeared to be a helpless invalid, descended the steps, made a hurried entrance to the car with their charge, and were rapidly driven away. End of chapter 32